Welcome to your podcast for College Catholics. Thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Father Patrick Wainwright. And today, just as last week, I have a guest, Father Martin Latif. He's a priest of Miles Christi. He was ordained on April 9th, 2005, and appointed by his superiors to continue his priestly ministry here in the U.S., in Michigan. In 2008, he became a part of the community that started the new house of Miles Christi that we have now in San Diego, where he currently lives, and I was had the grace to be with him for about nine years there in San Diego. Since his ordination to the priesthood, he has preached numerous retreats, spiritual exercises, days of recollection, and served many souls, especially high school and college students, with confession and spiritual direction. Since 2010, until today, he's been a chaplain at, Catholic, at Cathedral Catholic High School in San Diego. Uh, since 2017, he's been working with FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic Students, and is now one of their national chaplains. He's also serving uh, the students uh, every week at the Catholic Center at the University of Southern California. So, Father Martin, how are you doing? And thank you for so much for joining us today again. I'm doing great. Thank you, Father Patrick. It's great to be on your podcast. So you were ordained in 2005, so you've been a priest already for 16 years. That is so amazing. Yeah, 16 years as a priest. I'm uh, kind of a teenager priest. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, congratulations. Very good. That is pretty awesome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the story of your vocation? Uh, yes. Uh, well, I, I uh, grew up in a Catholic family, and uh, I, you know, just remembering uh, my mother uh, telling me about about God, about Jesus, and uh, um, since I was a child, she kind of prepared me for even for uh, Holy Communion. Uh, but we would not necessarily uh, be a family that, that practiced uh, the faith frequently. We would go to Mass uh, kind of occasionally. Christmas, Easter, some Sundays throughout um, the year. We were believers, but not necessarily very active in, in our faith. Um, however, I remember when I was in my last uh, year of uh, middle school that my religion teacher asked me how my friendship was with Jesus. And I, I told him, I was honest, that, uh, and told him that I, it was not the best, it was not great, but I was interested in growing in that relationship. And uh, the year after I um, got into high school and uh, I remember uh, a moment of, of, of grace, uh, uh, some of my friends wanted to um, pray the rosary and I joined them uh, in praying the rosary occasionally. That That is incredible, by the way, you know, like buddies that get together, pray the rosary before high school. That's incredible. It was incredible how you know that that was a possibility, and you know that you know shows you how important it is to, you know, have friends that live and practice their mm-hmm. faith. Friends, good friends, good, good friends, good spiritual friends. Let's say good spiritual friends. So, um, and then one of these uh, one of these friends actually um, encouraged me to get confirmed. I had not you know been confirmed. Um, actually, the bishop was coming to my school to offer confirmation for those who wanted to receive it. And so I I wasn't sure, so I told him, well, I, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I just don't have a sponsor. I mm. said, you know, and he said, well, right. well, I'll be your sponsor. And so that is awesome. Yeah, he, Great he was guy. Very actually, um, uh, still good friends of him. I, I visited him a few days ago in Seattle, 
and he he's, he's you know, works for Microsoft and he lives here in the U.S. No way. So uh, we we every now and then we we talk and uh, when I when I'm in Seattle or he's in San Diego, we get to meet and have lunch or something. That is awesome. And it's a, it's awesome. Sorry, it's awesome that he was your sponsor when being confirmed. He encouraged you to be confirmed, and now he sees you as a priest. That is that must be so inspiring for him. Yes, I think I think it is, and. Uh, in a certain way, I, I told him the other day when I saw him that maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a priest today if he had encouraged me to, to get confirmed. Certainly, I had to present my certificate of, of confirmation to be ordained, so I thank him for that. So, uh, but anyhow, after that, uh, I remember that also another friend of mine invited me to go on a, on a summer camp um, that would take place pretty much every year. Uh, the chaplain at my school would put together the summer camp for those of us who wanted to join the summer for about 20 days. It was down in the Andes Mountains in, in Patagonia, and I always wanted to go uh, down to that beautiful area of Argentina and, and, and Chile, which is, you know, it's just an incredible uh, area with lots of lakes and trees and, you know, mountains. And so we we went down with a group of my friends uh, and um, spent again like 20 days down there um, by a lake, a beautiful spot um, nested in the um, Andes Mountains. And we had kind of work every day in terms of uh, I mean, chopping wood and painting, landscaping, cooking. Um, and we had mass every day. And uh, every so often we, uh, we would go um, to a summit. We would hike a summit um, and uh, we would take a priest with us. So when he would come with us, he would say even mass in one of the in one of the uh, trails or summits. That is awesome. It that was, is awesome to say mass in the mountains of Los, in the Andes in Argentina. Yeah, I remember one occasion that we we had made it all the way to the summit, and there was snow there, and um, and there was a lot of wind, and we wanted to have mass, so we kind of huddled around the priest to prevent the wind to uh blow away the 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 hose or the chalice so we it was like you know like a football huddle you know right that is awesome protecting the eucharist protecting the eucharist yeah it was it was uh it was really cool for me i mean it was great for me to be able to uh, grow in my faith in the context of friendship and camaraderie and fun and hiking and just good um you know character building It, it was it was great camp um, to which I, I came back the day after. And one of the best um, things I, I benefited from um, there was the, the fact that for the first time ever, I was able to be um, at daily Mass. I thought that Mass was something celebrated only on Sundays, but then I realized now priests celebrate Mass every day. Wow. So receiving Holy Communion every day. And even we had to take turns um, as campers to give a talk um, every night to share with others something we had read, something that was, again, uh, faith-building or character-building. So that camp, that year and the year after, was uh, very beneficial for me. Now, one of the guys who was at that camp later invited me to um, join him and other young men on, on a mission that Milos Christi was organizing. And that was when I was a junior in, in high school. So I remember having certain meetings prior to the mission to prepare us. We would meet once a a week, usually on a Sunday evening, to get ourselves ready to go to a small town um, in, in the province of Buenos Aires in Argentina and uh, a mission to the people in that town. So usually this mission would take place right before Christmas, and we would just go door to door, inviting people to come back to the sacraments, to come to some talks that the priest uh, was, was offering during the mission. Um, we would offer people to... Um, 
sign up for their kids to be baptized or some others to maybe consider the possibility of getting married in the church. I mean, it was a great uh, opportunity to to see how the grace of God was working in the hearts of these people in this town. And every morning also we organized um, kind of meetings for catechesis uh, for uh, the, the children. And uh, those very same children that would come to catechesis would then, to kind of close the mission, have a live uh, nativity um, scene in which uh, the little well, the kids were, were would be acting, you know, as our blessed mothers and Joseph. There was always a baby who was baby Jesus. That's super cute. Like uh, uh, people, other families, and other town would come to see that because they were their own kids, right? Yes, uh, they were. They were their own kids, and 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 even the parents will, you know, just collaborate to to set the whole, um, you know, nativity area with you know with hay and you know horses and you know whatever they could bring and sometimes they would bring like live uh, sheep and goats right and that yes type of things. they would yeah. they would do that it was it was a really great way to close those uh, few days of mission and so uh, that was very impactful for me because it was around that time and through that mission i think that the lord gave me a grace which was the the, the, the grace to um grow in zeal for souls to care uh for others to to want um, the good and especially the spiritual good uh, of others. So, uh, kind of fast forward that that you know that was junior year. Then during senior year, I I got the opportunity to do my first retreat ever. Um, uh, it was the Ignatian spiritual exercises. I did them with Millis Christie, and uh, I, I I couldn't do them before because I was working on weekends uh, throughout high school. But I, I made the time in my in my kind of calendar to go on this retreat. What what did you do on weekends? Uh, work work wise, I was uh, I was a waiter before being actually. a priest. Yeah, I was a waiter at a restaurant. Awesome. Yeah, it was uh, so I, I you know you have I had a chance to work on Friday uh, nights and Saturday nights at a restaurant. And first it was a coffee shop, then a restaurant. And you had to bus tables also. Yes, I had to bus tables and just um, just go back and forth to the kitchen, get dishes, receive the customers, like everything. It was fun. I, I enjoy that. I was um, throughout, basically throughout throughout high school, but I started doing dishes in the restaurant. So uh, you you kind of kind of earn your way up to become wow. a waiter. So very good. I, I did everything except cooking. I did everything at the restaurant. So uh, it was fun. And well, I I, I remember that uh, I went to that retreat. Uh, it was uh, beginning of my senior year, and uh, it was very impactful, very transformational. Uh, it was the very the first time I uh, I came to understand or to know that our our goal in life is to uh, become saints uh, to to become holy that that's the most important uh, goal that it, we could ever have in life so um, you know like the grace of um, the thirst for uh, and the zeal for souls you know to to help them spiritually now was brought together with an, uh, another grace which is the, the desire uh, to be a saint as the ultimate goal in my life. And um, it was throughout my senior year in high school that I started thinking about the possibility of becoming a priest and uh, and really celebrate uh, the Eucharist, your confessions, offer spiritual direction. So the thought came uh, into my mind that first half of senior year, and, 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 and I kept thinking about it uh, throughout several months. And there was one thing that Kind of was some sort of quote unquote an obstacle because, you know, I, I I had always thought that I was going to get married and 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 have um, 
kids and I thought I, you know, I had many, you know, children. Um, so I would think, you know, how, how can, you know, you be a, a father, you know, uh, have children if you're going to become a priest, you know, like it's, it's just not, not doable. But then. And, uh, sorry. And also, I think it's important to uh, footnote here that you did want to get married, right? So many times, uh, young men that I meet and they're considering the priesthood, they said, well, I don't want to be a priest because I want to get married. And I'm thinking, well, if you want to get married, that's the first condition to become a priest, right? You want to be a father, you want to be uh, a husband of a wife, and you have that natural inclination. So to become a priest doesn't mean that we didn't have the natural inclination to marriage, all the contrary. Exactly. Actually, it is precisely that desire to uh, be a father that led me further more into the priesthood because um, the, the thought came later that uh, I wanted to be a spiritual father. And that's also why God was giving me the grace to to desire to have not just, you know, one child or two children. I like to have many children and 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 what he was kind of planting in my soul was the seed of being a spiritual father. So really when that thought came to my mind, it really made sense because I wanted to pass on the faith, share uh, the faith with others, faith which was bringing so much joy into my soul, into my into my heart. So those those were, I could say, if I could mention this, four um, graces that I received, the, the, the grace of um, zeal for the salvation of souls, um, the, the grace of uh, wanting to be a saint, wanting to really li- lead and live a holy life with the grace of God, uh, the desire to become a priest and celebrate the Eucharist, which is a miracle that we celebrate every day. We are, we are so blessed as priests to to offer the sacrifice of the Mass and to consecrate the body and blood of, of our Lord and offer the miracle of communion to to so many people, right? And uh, and and pair with that also uh, the uh, the grace that I received of uh, wanted to be a, a spiritual father. So um, it was um, then towards the end uh, of high school that I, uh, after a whole kind of year of discernment, that I, I saw with more clarity that instead of you know, I don't know, pursuing engineering like you did, you know, I mm-hmm. thought, why not, you know, going into the seminary and, um, and, and always I, I wanted to, uh, in a certain way, join an order that will work with youth because that was the time I got blessed with my growth and, and friendship with the Lord and faith. So, um, it, it, uh, it made, uh, good sense for me to join me this Christi, um, which goal is in the church, which charism in the church is the sanctification of the life faithful, particularly college students, uh, young people. And so I joined the order uh, in 2000, and, I'm sorry, in 1995 and studied for um, 10 years until I uh, was ordained uh, as a priest in 2005. So my formation was partially in, in Argentina. That's where I did my novitiate and studied um, those philosophical studies to become a priest, because all all those who become priests usually study philosophy. And then I came to the U.S. in 2001 to study theology, and I studied theology for you know uh, three years at Sacred Heart Seminary in Detroit. And um, after that, I just spent a little bit of time uh, for some uh, for a summer semester in Rome in our uh, with our community in Rome outside of Rome in Castel Giuliano. And uh, then after that, I got ordained as a deacon here in 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 the United States in, in Plymouth, Michigan, and then as a priest 
in uh, in La Plata in uh, in Argentina, and after that, I came back to the U.S. to to serve for serve first in Michigan for three years, and then for the last um, thirteen years um, in in San Diego. Uh, again, blessed to be a priest. Very thankful to the Lord. Uh, it's uh, it's an absolute joy to serve serve Him and serve so many people. That is awesome. And so, what was the determining factor? In your discernment, where you knew God is calling me to me to be a priest, and I want to be a priest, how was that moment, that decision-making moment? Yes, I I, I remember clearly. I was in during my last year of high school, my senior year, and uh, I had the thought that I wanted to be a priest, that I wanted to celebrate the Eucharist. I was drawn to that. I, the thought was, if I become a priest, I will not only be able to help people in this world. But I'm going to be able to help people to go to heaven. I can't have an impact on people that has an eternal dimension, right? Not only to help a person with with something here, you know, teaching them something, you know. Because I mean, I thought I had thought about different things, maybe becoming an engineer, maybe becoming a teacher. But uh, you know, through the priesthood, especially through the sacraments, and through you know doing retreats and offering spiritual direction, I thought that this would be a great way to offer my life to, to the Lord, to, to help people uh, towards their salva- the salvation of their soul, to the souls to have an eternal impact in, in, in their lives, not myself, but to be an instrument of God in their spiritual lives, right? To, to make myself available to God if he wanted me to be a priest for, for that purpose. And, and again, along with that, the, the desire to be uh, a spiritual father. So I was not becoming really a priest for myself. I, I, what drew me to the priesthood is, is to become a priest for God and for the church, which is our, we can say, our, our bride, uh, our spouse. We priests give ourselves to, to the church, who is our spouse, and um, to, to serve the faithful, right? That, that, that was really, that all together made it clear in my mind to um, kind of move my my heart, let my heart be moved by God to make the decision to uh, become a priest and entering seminary. But of course, it entailed generosity because it's an important decision. Um, I was in my last year of high school, and of course, you you offer your whole life to the Lord. But God gave me the grace, I think, to say yes in that moment and to um, try to be generous with Him, who gave me so much. You know, who gave me gave us our lives and our faith and everything, you know, the, the air that we breathe and like everything that we have is, is a gift from God. So in a certain way, it was not so much offering something to the Lord, but giving back to him. Very good. Very good. That is awesome. Uh, so what would you say would be a most important moment, uh, like a highlight of your priesthood, a moment in your life where you saw the grace of God actually working through you for the benefit of others? Not because... I'm not saying something where you think yourself awesome, <laughs> but I'm saying where you see, where you're at awe at how God is working, you know, in the souls of other people. Uh, it happens to be through you, right? Yes. I, I, I don't know if I might be able to just uh, mention a moment, but I would say maybe an aspect of my life that I, that I think um, has been important for me and that has been my, I think, my ministry um, to the Lord and to the faithful, particularly uh, to um, college students through uh, spiritual direction, through 
faith formation, um, study groups. I really have uh, enjoyed that aspect of the priesthood to accompany people in their spiritual lives, to offer um, the Mass for them um, in the context of their college uh, formation. I had the grace to work for um, University of San Diego for, for about eight years, and I was working um, as a chaplain, particularly in athletics, you know, to um, student athletes, those who would play, you know, football, baseball, other sports, and then, and I really enjoyed uh, accompanying them. And I continue to enjoy a lot of my work with, uh, with, with, with Focus, for which I have been working for the last five years, and now also working for um, the uh, Catholic Center at USC. So that, that, that um, aspect of my priesthood of serving um, the faithful, particularly college students, in a time in which a lot of um, young men and women are challenged in their faith because of what they are taught in, in, in college, but because the society tells them of what to do or what not to do and uh, how much pressure at times they experience or fears. So I think the, it, it's, uh, it's a ministry, it's a, it, uh, an apostolate that I, I really um, enjoy, that I, I feel really blessed to, to, to serve at. That's awesome. So a uh, simple question is, are you happy to be a priest or are there sometimes that you, where you regret having made that decision, a lifelong decision? That's a great question. I, you know, that, uh, and I have shared this with other people. By the grace of God, I never uh, had a doubt or I never regretted my decision to become a priest. And I say, and I repeat, it's, it's a grace because I know that maybe other people doubt uh, at times their of vocation. Of course, it's a common, and a human thing, right? It's a, it's, it's a human thing, and, and, uh, but that's why I say it, I think it's a grace from God that I'm, um, since I made my decision to the priesthood, I never wanted to go back. I, I, I really wanted to be a priest, and, and, I, and by the grace of God, I never doubted my vocation. And I'm very, I'm very happy with my vocation. I'm very thankful. I think maybe I'm very joyful, right? Really, um, kind of deep into my heart. Every day, it's a blessing. You know, I wake up and I, it's another day to serve God through sacraments and through uh, my service to the faithful. So um, it's 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 a very um, joyful life. It's a very uh, blessed life. Not that it's it's absent or it doesn't have. Um, Struggles, difficult yeah. or struggles like any any vocation you know but but the i would say the default uh in, in my life as a priest is it's a it's a life of gratitude a life a life of joy a life of service it's a blessed life right absolutely i totally concur um so what would you say like a simple tip right i know we can't address the whole issue well, maybe we'll have to address it some other day but uh what would you say a simple tip you could give to a young man or a young woman, right, who is discerning between uh, if it's a guy, a priesthood, if it's a woman, consecrated life, uh, and married life. Oh, you know, they're discerning, they're concerned, they, they, they're, you know, stressing out about this decision. What one or two good quick tips that you would say? Well, one, one thing I would say is to uh, never lose sight of the most important thing in life, which is to, to be holy, to be saints, and to love God. because if we uh, become priests, if we um, get married, if, if a woman embraces um, a path towards the religious life and the life of consecration, it is because 
of a desire to be holy, because of a desire to love God more or better. Uh, and so the the priesthood or the religious life or the married life, they're all uh, channels or paths to become um, holy, to become saints, which is the ultimate goal, and ultimately to, to save our souls and go to heaven. So keeping that uh, in our minds, that above everything in life, our goal is to become saints, I think it's, it's very important in the moment of, of discernment, because in that way, we keep our mind and or we remember remind ourselves that the goal is one, which is to to serve God to become holy. And then in making a decision, we can ask ourselves, what's the what's the best path for me to become that saint, to be holy? How how do I think the Lord is leading me to become a saint? Um, so we can ask. This is my second point. We can ask the Lord for that grace to lead us to show us to direct us to guide us to embrace the path that would better help us to be, become the saints that God wants us to be since all eternity right lord give me the grace to to listen to that call that you have for me but also to respond to that call absolutely well very good well thank you so much for that great insight um, now, suppose that I'm not discerning the priesthood, I'm, or I'm a young woman, I'm not discerning consecrated life, but I'd like to grow in my spiritual life, right? I'd like to be a, a good disciple of Jesus, I'd like to be a good Catholic, or I'd like to be just devout, better, uh, live my life as a student more devoutly and more virtuously, a better student, let's say. What would be, but I'm struggling, right? I'm struggling with life, I'm struggling with my faith, I have temptations, I have difficulty, I've fallen to sin. What would you say to any person like that um, in order to give them one tip or two tips for their spiritual life? Well, I mean, uh, I like to bring a little bit of an analogy here. And spiritual, our spiritual life has a lot of similarities to our natural life. And just like we need to breathe in our natural life to be able to live, we need to breathe in our spiritual life to be able to be spiritually alive and healthy. So in, in breathing, you have the breathing in and the breathing out. And so we need to breathe in by spending time with Christ in friendship. We have, have to allow the Lord to love us in, in, in prayer, in the time that we spend with him, to breathe in his grace through not only prayer, but through the Eucharist, where we breathe in, you know, his life, his spiritual life, um, and also through confession, right? Uh, where we uh, breathe in His grace and, and increase in sanctifying grace. So I would say we need to to breathe in and through many other things, through things that we want to read, uh, um, other other means through which we can breathe in. We can say healthy spiritual air, right? L listening to good podcast exactly. episodes listening for college Catholics. To, exactly, <laughs> breathing in good spiritual uh, reflections uh, with Father Patrick and <laughs> and. Uh, well, taking advantage of uh, of good spiritual material out there, but also to breathe out, right? To to breathe out. It's not about just simply receiving or breathing in. It's about what we can uh, do for God and do for others. How we can serve Him. How, what can I do for God? What can I do for others on my daily basis, weekly basis, month monthly basis? You know, maybe it is by sharing my faith, our faith with 
um, our, our classmate, my teammate, my roommate. Um, so um, how can I pass on to others what I receive? Right, but sometimes we're, we're a society is so individualistic and overly respectful, if you want, of everybody else's choices. Like, I don't want to intrude in anybody's life. Well, Jesus intruded in our life, you know. Jesus intruded in the world and gave us the truth. So sometimes we have to think a little bit. Hey, how can I help others? Right. That's what I guess. What you're saying. Yes, it's it's because if we don't if we don't do one of these two things, if we don't breathe in or breathe breathe out, we suffocate. It, it we have to do both things. Not only breathing in, but breathing out. We cannot only breathe in because then it faith gets light. Our life of faith gets boring, right? right because stifled. we stifled. Get you know you get kind of stagnant. Absolutely, um, but also we cannot be always breathing out because nobody gives to others what he doesn't have first, and so it's about first receiving from God and from you know our prayer time with Him and from others and from the sacraments what we we can then um, share with others. So that's my little maybe tip through this analogy uh, to breathe in and breathe out spiritually, so that we can so we can be healthy um, in, in ourselves and not suffocate. That's awesome. But thank you very much. So thank you, Father Martin, for sharing your time with us and your experiences and your wisdom. Just for those uh, who are interested, Father Martin has a YouTube video on his vocation. So I will put a link in the show notes. So thank you again, Father Martin, for being with us today. Thank you, you all listening, listening uh, for sharing your time with me and, for Father Mar- and with Father Martin. Remember, if you this is the first time you listen to podcast of uh, this uh, channel, this uh, Four College Catholics show. Uh, last weekend, last week, we had an episode where Father Martin talked about the uh, devotion to Mary. So, thank you for joining us this week, and may God bless your day. <laughs>